That would be a waste of time. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! This didn't put an end to shit, you fucking retard. This is just a fucking start. Why don't you put that on your good morning Missouri fucking wake up broadcast, bitch? Hello and welcome to Keep Streaming Buddy, a podcast about movies, music, life and everything in between. I am your host, Carl Coleman. I hope you're doing alright out there, as well as you can be doing. I'm really pumped for today's episode because I'm going to speak to an extremely talented singer-songwriter from Norway called Jonas Alaska. He burst onto the scene with his debut album back in 2011 when he sort of took the Norwegian scene by storm and won the equivalent of their Grammy Award for Best New Artist. And nowadays, he is lauded by critics as being at eye level with John Lennon. And another quote is, he's Norway's answer to Jeff Tweedy. So, I mean, this guy's the real deal. And his recent album, Roof Came Down, is just, it really is a stunning, stunning piece. Um, Beautiful record, amazing singer, great singer which is kind of, I don't know why that surprised me, but it was just kind of nice. I think a lot of indie artists, you know, maybe we sort of tend to get away with a few things if we have some quirky production or, you know, cool lyrics, some sort of lo-fi artist. They don't even necessarily need to be good singers. That is not the case with Eunice Alaska. This dude can wail. Um, aside from that, his lyrics are gorgeous and the songs are great. So we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to talk about that album, but also... You know, he's a film buff, like me. So it's going to be fun to get nerdy on on some movies and find out some of his favorites. And yeah, get to know him a bit more and discover what drives him as an artist and find out what, what he's up to at the moment. But before we do that, I just want to chat to you a little bit about some of the things I've seen in the last week or so. And one of them, again, is a Disney thing. On the first episode, I talked about the fact that I signed up to watch The Mandalorian on Disney. And I felt a bit perplexed about the whole thing because, you know, it was another platform, drinking the Kool-Aid. And I was about to kill my subscription when I I was told by a few friends that their new sort of family film called Soul was worth a look. So Emily and I, my wife, and our daughter Iggy chucked it on. And Jesus Christ, I couldn't have been more affected by this thing. I mean, it moved us to tears. It's got some highly original ideas. It's not your usual princess bullshit. It's not even for kids, to be honest. It's it's for adults. And for me, it's Pixar's best moment since Up. Like, it's sort of, you know, it, it hits you that deep. The voice acting's brilliant. The main guy is Jamie Foxx, who does a great job. And it's even got people like Graham Norton in it, who's quite a cool character in there. And, yeah, I can't really... I don't know. Disney fucking nailed it again. And now I feel like I'm sort of... This podcast is just some weird Disney endorsement. <laughs> um, wouldn't be the stupidest idea I've ever had, to be honest. Anyway, so... It's actually got a great message as well. And it's... It it just moved me. I'm not going to fucking tell you about the story just because... Well, uh, it's kind of about life and death. And it's about how to live your life. That's as far as I'll go. So it's somewhat philosophical. And guess what? 
Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor did the bloody music. So it's bloody synchronicity. Because I talked about Mank on episode one and they did that. And I mean, those guys are on fire. So that's Soul. The other thing I just want to touch on real quick is a Danish documentary called The Mole uh, Undercover in North Korea, which is made and directed by Maz Brugger, who's a quite well-known documentary maker over here in Denmark and journalist. And he's he's a provocative fellow. Um, he's <laughs> Some Danes, I think he gets under their skin. I definitely am a fan and... I like his kind of strange, deadpan, uber-dansk, annoying journalism style. I think he's pretty cool, actually. Anyway, he's made this very, very fascinating and gripping three-part mini-doc. And it's about this Danish nobody ex-chef who infiltrates North Korea. (laughs) And it starts out where... The guy kind of approaches Masbrugger, sort of saying, look, man, I think I've got a doc idea for you. I think I can infiltrate the KFA, so what's known as the Korean Friendship Association, which is essentially just a bunch of commie weirdos hanging out here in Denmark. Originally, Masbrugger's like, well, that's not really, it's not like a huge story, you know, like they're basically, it's basically a small group of lost dudes sitting in this like community room yeah, a co- bunch of weird commies that don't know what to do with their lives. And it's, I'm I'm talking about like maybe six people sitting in a room once a week. So that wouldn't have really been this killer story. But then, sure enough, he somehow works his way up the ladder and becomes the right-hand man to the leader of the European, you know, representatives of North Korea. And all of a sudden, they're, they're in North Korea and some shit goes down. <laughs> If you can somehow get your hands on this amazing documentary, I know the BBC were involved as well, so it should be available in the UK, I'm sure. Otherwise, just try and look around and get yourself a VPN and stream this thing. Most of it is in English, but there is a little bit of overdubbing from or narration from Maz Brugger, the filmmaker. This thing kind of blew my head off. So check out The Mole. All right, I'm going to keep my intro short because I'm just too eager to get chatting with Eunice, and it's a thrill to have him on the second episode of Keep Streaming, buddy, so enjoy the chat. Yeah, man. First of all, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I keep, uh, like, all my shows keep getting canceled and I keep like postponing them and then they get canceled again. So I know, it's yeah, just... but that's, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of playing live anyway. So, uh, it's okay. But in terms of income, it's a bit tricky, but, uh, sure. but, uh, I can relate uh, to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting. So you don't, you don't generally like playing gigs. I mean, it, I'm 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 getting better at it. Like yeah. uh, when I started out, I, it was just the worst because I was so nervous and um, just scared of everything that could go wrong. But uh, I've I've gotten I'm starting to like it more and more. But uh, it's definitely definitely not why I I'm doing this. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's not a big part of what inspires me. Uh, totally. 
I mean, generally, I like touring. I think I feel generally pretty good on stage, but I also know those (laughs) some days are just really hard to get up. And then there's that, of course, the anxiety sometimes that comes with, or what if some shit goes wrong or what if I fuck the lyrics up or especially if it's like some sort of, you know, like a bigger, more important gig or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just sometimes you can sort of walk off stage feeling like elated and kind of euphoric. And other times you sort of walk off going, Oh shit, man, that was rough. Like that was, that was just brutal. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really hard for the self-esteem, you know, right. And, but I mean, like the actual hour that I'm on stage is usually good, but I'm, but it's everything before, which is just a hassle. But uh, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm good. And Corona cool, has man. just been a good opportunity for me to uh, write more songs and uh, and uh, you know I I've, I've got a soon to be two year old boys so I've, I've gotten mm. to hang out a lot more with him and uh, it's just uh, that's great good, yeah good opportunity cool man it's good that you can find the positives in the you know lockdown life so that's cool oh no no problem for me man that's you know <laughs> I, I, it's, it's really close to my everyday lifestyle anyway so it's just totally and uh, more you know more time to watch movies as well absolutely <laughs> um, but I did want to touch a little bit on on um, your latest album roof came down um amazing beautiful record man congrats on it it's really it it really is something thank you um your stuff reminds me a little bit of like daniel romano do you know that guy canadian singer songwriter i i know that name Mm. uh and i think but he's a bit more like rocky though isn't he he has become that way he started out as like full-on um like chicken picking country and then he's sort right, of developed yeah. into this kind of rock and roll. Yeah. Very like almost like the who style rock and roll, like big rock. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I heard uh, one of his latest albums and I just really got like surprised. Like I thought it was really, really good. I, yeah. I, and it sounded like what I thought it was going to sound like. Um, yeah. He's pretty great. Um, but I feel like your voice is kind of almost a blend. Obviously it's your own thing, but. Also, I get a little bit of early Cass McCombs in there as well. Oh. I think he, he's a great singer. Um, yeah, he's a great singer. So mm. that's, that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad because, um, I don't know, I feel like a lot of those guys, well, someone like Cass McCombs, who I really admire as well, it, sometimes it feels a little bit like they've got some sort of magic pond that they can visit and sort of throw in this fishing rod and... Um, <laughs> I don't know, like they've got some sort of secret place where songs just kind of uh, yeah. are born. And, you know, do you believe in things like that? Like, do you believe in sitting in a hammock and then the, you wait for inspiration to come and that's how you write songs? Or is it more just down to like good old fashioned hard work? Um, I, I keep going back and forth on that. Um, but I think... Um, I think when when the great song comes, it it it's kind of like the sitting in a hammock thing. Right, uh, it's a little gift from the gods. Yeah, but I think it like for my own sake, the, like the few times that I felt like I really written a, a great song, it usually comes after after really struggling 
with something like really uh, trying to um like you know you got a feeling that you you feel inspired and you feel like there's mm -hmm. something you want to say or sound like but you can't get it out and and then usually when i when i put it aside usually it, there's um it goes it goes maybe it goes like magic happens. something and then it, it shows, uh, comes back up interesting and it feels like it comes from nowhere but i i feel like that's uh it was all the work that you laid down yeah uh, earlier maybe yeah makes total sense um my i think the one that really grabbed me was that um joey poirier's is that am i saying oh, really? that right yeah, yeah. That, i don't that, know I, I i don't know how to say it so i just i i guess i just i just <laughs> i just uh, i say uh poirier's poirier's no yeah um it. i think that's my favorite actually on the record oh, and i'll i mean the first song is really unbelievable as well but that one i think what really grabbed me about uh joey poriers is that it's like a really happy wonderful positive sounding tune and yet it's quite a tragic story because he was a pro skater right who you admired yeah. as a kid and he od'd and died yeah. quite young and i think what i don't know it made me smile this song because I think they're the, they're the hardest songs to write for me. Like something that is actually has this kind of positive tone to it and almost feels like upbeat. And even though it's, yeah. you know, essentially a, a sad story. Um, can you elaborate a little on how that tune came about and why Joey inspired a song for you? Well, first of all, I've, I've always liked the, that contrast between like a happy, uh, happy sounding uh, melody and, and the darker lyrics, I've always liked that. Or I don't, usually it becomes too sticky if you go for like a sad, uh, totally. sad sounding song with depressing lyrics. Uh, but I mean, with that, with that, um, I think I had like the melody and the chords for that and just gibberish um, for quite a long time. And parallel to that, I was, I just, got hooked on the story of Joey Poirier because I, I grew up uh, with him in like skateboard movies and um, he uh, he was part of like a, a big scene of like uh, 13, 14 year olds that were really good uh, and all the other ones um, ended up being like big stars and he just disappeared and I uh, Somebody told me recently that he died of an overdose because mm. uh, he had a lot of in injuries and uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't know why I merged that with the song. Um, I don't know. I just kind of yeah. felt like I wanted to write a song about him and I had yeah. kind of... And I... Yeah, I think in the gibberish I said inside he was a skater but it didn't something like that and i said yeah let's go an inspired let's moment go. yeah i totally get it and i mean that's what happens the I, do, I write the same way like i'll start with gibberish but as long as there's a melody and then all of a sudden something can come out of that gibberish and it just gives birth to the rest of the story you know what i mean yeah sometimes like with the words first but that that's not that often i think sure. it's more fun to write the gibberish stuff it's more um see what's in there more stuff can happen then, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Super cool, man. I think you, um, it, it feels like 
you're celebrating the short life that he lived, even though it was sad. And it's funny because the, well, it's not funny. It's kind of tragic, but there's, there's a lot of these stories in skateboarding. Cause I think even early on with the dog town scene, I think, is it Jay Adams who was like one of the real, I think he went down, there's that film where, you know, becomes like an essay and he's just like super gnarly and becomes yeah. this kind of drug fuck dude. And it's kind of sad. And then there was that I guy mean, Gator in the eighties. There's a really cool documentary about Gator where it's the yeah. same thing. You know, he's like, he's almost like this MTV dude and he gets all fucked up by it. And it's yeah. one of, it's a cliche story, but it's just kind of, um, I don't know. There's all these characters in the, in the skateboarding world. And I mean, the same similar things happen in, in, in surfing or even just rock and roll, you know, it's a very similar sort of. It is. There. And especially that generation. I mean, like my favorite all time favorite skaters, uh, Ali Balala okay. is a Swedish uh, skater who uh, he was like, he was the pioneer of the tight pants, leather jackets okay, uh, cool. thing. And he was like, he would jump down like massive stair sets and, and while being drunk off his head or whatever. You say. <laughs> Fucking sweet, uh, man. Yeah. So he, um, and he, he crashed his motorcycle and the guy sitting like his passenger, uh, he um, died. So he was like Fuck. in jail for manslaughter and Holy uh, shit. can't skate again. So I think actually the Joey Poirier song, I think I was hoping that it could be like, because I've always wanted to write like my homage to uh, Ali Balala. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't fit. Uh, didn't fit with the Ali Balala. Right, right, right. <laughs> but Joey Boy Reyes. Yeah, I think I was. It's, I think I tried to get Ali Balala in there, but it didn't. Work. It rolls off the tongue a, a little better, doesn't it? Um, but yeah. maybe, maybe, um, maybe there's you know the next album. There's kind of no, the next album. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it once. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, cool, man. Just to rewind slightly before we sort of, you know, start talking shit about movies. <laughs> you, I read that you studied music in Liverpool. I went to, uh, we got this thing in Norway at least called the uh, a folk high school, which is a kind of one year thing that you do after. Yeah. Uh, where you can just do whatever basically I, I, and i went to this uh art thing because i was really into uh, painting and stuff um but there was also like a mus music um class there as well um so there was a lot of studios uh and i started writing songs when i came there when i was 19 and uh lipo which was the name of the school in liverpool uh, came to that school to have like an audition uh, and I decided to sign up for the audition because I wanted to I wanted to hear what uh, British people what they would say about my music I was like super ambitious and thought that this was the best music ever so interesting yeah that's cool. uh, and I played it to them and uh, and I got accepted and last minute just decided yeah I'm just gonna gonna check it out um and i'm really glad i did because not so much because of the school but because of the uh, there's like open mic nights everywhere in liverpool and it's not that tacky that 
open mic yeah, nights yeah. in Norway. It's just like, ugh. Totally. You know, it's but, the same in Copenhagen. I think it's a different ball game when you're in the UK in a way. It's a bit yeah. like Melbourne where I'm from. You know, you can walk yeah, in right. any given Are you from Melbourne? Like, yeah, I'm from Melbourne, yeah. But, That's you know, where I like, crashed, uh, by the way. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. man. Okay, there yeah. you go. Synchronicity. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You know, Melbourne's had always had this really rich scene where there's just gigs on every corner kind of thing. You know, it's a big yeah. city and there's just pubs. You can literally go see five shows a night, obviously pre-COVID. Um, so yeah. I imagine Liverpool has a similar vibe. You yeah, know, kind of. Yeah. There's a bunch of places. And for me, that was that was perfect because I, I, I went all in when I came there. Went yeah, all yeah, in yeah. The, uh, Bob Dylan mode. Like I, I just... Yeah, cutting your I've teeth heard. in the coffee shops kind of thing. Yeah, and also the way I spoke and everything. I, like, I, I tried to, I tried to sound like Bob Dylan. This that wow. was just my opportunity to be like, that's my Greenwich Village here, yeah. and nobody's gonna judge me or whatever. Started smoking like twenty a day just to, just, <laughs> just to be to cool, be. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm really glad because I, I was there for three years, and that gave me an opportunity to really, you know, how when you write a song and it feels feels pretty cool and then you know straight away on stage if it's if it's not you know it's, yeah yeah or you start if you don't want to play it when you're on stage that's you know then it's a shitty song right 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 that's funny you say that yeah i think yeah you um, know that feeling if, if you yeah. don't if you see it on set list and you're like oh oh fuck oh, then man that's, that's a downer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and totally. I, I, like, I met my girlfriend there and i met my best friend Mikhail Paskalev there we went to the same far out so it sounds like you gained heaps from making that move it's so funny you were talking like romanticizing about you know that kind of Dylan zone you went into because <laughs> I sometimes think about like I feel like that period for me was when I lived in Barcelona when I was like 21 and I oh, feel like I just I don't know was cooler then like I used to have this like sick kind of um uh, you know, sheepskin jacket and yeah, stand on street corners and just, and like, or sit in coffee yeah. shops. And, you know, I was like, really believed I was doing this kind of bohemian lifestyle. And I remember my <laughs> sister would call that jacket. She used to call it, um, are you not wearing your bum going to court jacket? Are you? <laughs> and I was like, come on, don't kill the mystique, man. You know, like I'm a fucking, I'm a boho songwriter, man. You know, <laughs> I um I'm so much more happy with where I am now, but I mean then like that when you when you're 20 years old and your only concern is yourself, then it's crazy. Then you you can do whatever, and it's in in terms of songwriting and and and, and ambitions, they're just through the roof. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, I walked, I walked around with a top hat. Yeah, I did. I walked like early in the morning to school with a top hat. You would have looked oh. like Slash. <laughs> yeah, I thought I looked like because I saw one photo of Dylan with a top hat, and I thought right, he looked right. great. So I just did that. I uh, mean, yeah. to be fair, that shit was still happening for me not too, not too long ago. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. But um, you know, now 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 fatherhood has has really sunk in and there's some pretty interesting stuff um on our stereo at home but i won't i'll spare you spare you the hey, horrors of that you got kids i got a daughter yeah iggy she's almost three. Oh, congratulations uh, yeah thanks man she's um yeah she's pretty rock and roll she's she's keeping us it's on our best. toes 
It is. It is. And, um, yeah. and I mean, to be fair, there's a pretty solid balance between things like um, Gangnam Style, which is one of her favorite songs. But then she's actually like, you know, she's, and I repeat, she's only two, but she's teaching me about Blondie and B-52s. And I'm like, this shit is a mate, you know, like where I'm looking into that it's stuff deeper. She like goes on these, she goes on these like YouTube rabbit hole where it's like, you know, now I'm going to just sound like a shit parent, but sometimes I just let her roll and see, you know, yeah. I got one eye on the spaghetti and one eye on her. And then it's like, she's just getting down to like heart and beefy, like especially beefy to two, she'll just flip out to, give me back my man or um even yeah. just love shack like she was obsessed with love shack and it's just sick like it's just made me look into those bands a little more and yeah um i don't know it's pretty cool that they can sort of wake you up to things like that you know at that yeah. age it's pretty wild uh, well he's turning two in february and he's listening to shit like just the worst yeah. like i mean those people that post those homemade um uh, versions of kids yeah. songs yeah, yeah, yeah. Like animated, like tacky, animated. Like I wanna, I wanna turn them in. Like I want. That's not. That shouldn't be allowed. Totally. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, we've almost had to ban YouTube. But every now and then, she's like Blondie, and I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally. I mean, there's some nasty stuff that. Yeah, like those psychos. Who, who are they? I feel like there's oh, like. Oh man. They're like a cult. Like people. I know. Like, there's a dark scene there. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's fun, and I'm sure there's a whole world of um, you know, <laughs> things to discover for us uh, ahead of us. You Definitely. know, man. yeah. I'm told that you're, and and you told me actually that you're watching movies yeah. is your favorite thing to do, and I think it's mine as well, actually. Um, <laughs> but a mutual friend of ours, Morty, he tells me that you've seen the '90s Swedish film, fucking Ormol, or Show Me Love in English, uh, by yeah. Lucas Mudersen. Now he tells me you've seen this around fifty times. For someone like More. me who hasn't seen it, oh, you why? haven't seen it? No, I haven't. Tell us why you love this film so much. It's perfect to me. It's the best best movie ever made. It's. Oh, do you know? Do you know the, the story? I know the nothing about it. I know the director. I may have seen something else he did, but um, I know nothing he's, about it. Hit me. He's great. I mean, it's it's a story about uh two girls in high school or they're like 14 15 uh one of them is super unpopular uh and the other one is the most popular one in school and it's a love story between them okay um it's basically about one of them being or none of them are out of the closet but the other one is is at least more slightly out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, sure. it's you know, there's a, there's a suicide attempt in there, and there's it's so dark, but it's also it's the most beautiful, and I I can't understand how they act that way when they're that young. Sure, sure, yeah, that stuff often blows me away as well with like young actors or just acting in general. Uh, yeah, know. most of these people, the actors are are at high school students at like yeah. normal uh, music dance drama sure cool but uh no i've, I've watched it a million times and okay. i've watched it a few times also because there's one version with uh, lucas mudison 
commenting. Commentary, yeah, yeah. Yeah, commentary. That's just, that's the best. Wow, I haven't done that in years, probably since I got, you know, the whole DVD thing died. Um, but I remember doing the that a little what? bit. Like the whole DVD kind of thing. Oh, DVD, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I remember doing it a little bit with that, um, especially on Seinfeld. Like I'd get the, the commentary. Okay. Oh, yeah. it was so good um, with the cast. With the egg thing. Isn't that what, they call, what it's called? The, oh. When they talk about the process. Yeah, right. I did, I never, I've never heard that term. I think Seinfeld is talking about like how far or how difficult it was to get through. If you started with an idea and you could lose it just at the final just editing, you know, it was cut out, you know. I love how Larry David is talking about <laughs> how he kept crying when they got picked up for more and more episodes and he was like, literal tears streamed out my face. <laughs> it's so him as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard mostly the mem- my memories of that stuff is more like, you know, Jason Alexander, the guy who plays George and um, yeah. Elaine, Julia Dreyfus. She, yeah. um, just those guys just cracking up because they're, they're yeah. kind of, they've forgotten a lot of this stuff, right? So they're sort of rewatching yeah. and they're just fucking losing it at their own scenes and yeah. it's just cool it's just really fun and a good vibe to um you know when you know it in depth and then you watch it with their commentary it's really cool have you seen larry david when he he's uh, given a speech because he's he's given some kind of award i don't I think, think so uh, no it's um that's hilarious it's, it's jason alexander is standing um right outside the view of the camera and you can just hear him because Larry David hates it. Like uh, this, this award has ruined my life for the la- for the past <laughs> two months. Because he's been so nervous about what to say and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh and man, that's like me this morning when I was going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that is that just something on YouTube or? It's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll check uh, that out. If if I only wish my mom was here to see it, because she would have stood up and gone, Larry, you're giving an award to Larry. <laughs> Her, her big dream for me was to become a mailman. Her dream. <laughs> that's, that's, her, that's her best case scenario. <laughs> oh, man. Those guys are great. But yeah, fucking Omo, the best. I will the definitely best. watch it. I know because my wife's Swedish, Emily, so she and she's spoken about that film a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll chuck it on the list. Now, I was also told that you often say that in, in perhaps a, a parallel world or a parallel life that your dream job would be to be a screenwriter, write scripts. I can totally relate to this because, you know, as a songwriter, as a fellow songwriter, yeah. and you're especially very gifted when it comes to this, we, we kind of essentially write little stories, right? Um, yeah. So what is it about movies and scripts that sort of makes you say that, that that would be a dream job? I think my dream job would be in the, just in the start phase of it, you know, like the, the, the broad, uh, the broad picture of what, what it would be about. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like to direct something or stuff like that, but I would like to, I would like to say it's about, it's about a boy and a girl and he's addicted to heroin and blah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the general, yeah, it's the general script idea. And then, yeah. And then would you write it out the whole film? Like, have you ever attempted that? No, never. And, uh, you know, I tried to write like a book or I started to write like in Norwegian, just a story, just to see 
what that felt uh, like. Yeah. Yeah. And turns out that's super hard. Like that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so, so difficult. Um, so I've, uh, I've gotten like a bit more respect for people who can actually. Oh man. It. I mean, I, in a way it's a little bit of dream job for me. I think, um, being like a sports, um, journalist, that would be like, for some reason that appeals Sports to me journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this um Australian football like is literally my religion. If I was paid to just football. nerd on that, like like Australian rules footy, yeah. If I was paid to just nerd on that, I would that would be amazing. But yeah. you know, I've I'm settling for songwriter slash podcast guy now. Well I always told my girlfriend that I would love to be or I hope our, our kid uh could somehow be like uh, an athlete so that i could be in the support team and i could get to know uh because i just want to get i want to know all the all the coaches and stuff like that <laughs> so you're just like doing the massage and like hey man yeah. what are you yeah, with, are like, you with uh, the ukraine weightlifting team or what's up yeah yeah and i can and i can talk to like the legends and stuff like yeah so the super super g uh finals in um, 2006 that was crazy wasn't it that stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> love it love it anyway i went off on a bit of a tangent there with dream jobs but as for the screenwriting thing i've given it a crack a couple times but it's mostly just been writing out some sort of synopsis like you know not really um getting as far as like a full script at all and i totally yeah. i totally get you man i um it seems like it seems pretty tough and also maybe a little bit naive of me to just think, oh, yeah, cool. I'll just write a script. But it's really fun to try. It's a cool exercise. Yeah. And I, I think that attitude, like, like we talked about uh, when you're 20 and you think you can do anything. Do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that it's healthy to have that kind of uh, unrealistic attitude. That I, I, that's why I started writing a book. Like I wrote bunch of pages you know super like this is going to be great this is going to be a great book and looking back at it i'm super embarrassed like it's so oh yeah uh, it should be burnt <laughs> yeah it should be burnt nobody should ever see this but i mean yeah it's, uh, I think that's part of being creative you know totally I, I love those um sort of early days of that that energy of like don't, you know nothing's going to hold me back and yeah yeah i think because we're also we just released our third album and i think i'm just grateful that we've even made it this far you know like i'm mm -hmm. like i couldn't even imagine being in a band that put out three albums to be honest um right. and you know the pressure builds a, a little as the years go by and you sort of establish yourself and the work becomes extremely rewarding but equally as more of a grind yeah um and i think i don't know sometimes i just romanticize a little bit about the sort of energy you know early on where you were sort of like it was all new and yeah and not yeah nothing's gonna hold us back it's um this is just fucking sick <laughs> and yeah, everyone yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm, like i'm gonna uh, revolutionize this right right that kind of attitude and but I've, um, yeah, because I've gotten it, that kind of vibe myself in terms of songwriting or in terms of just the career or whatever you want to call it. That, sure. that it just feels like a routine. Yeah, it's work. Um, 
but recently I, I started writing as if I was writing for somebody else, like uh, more like pop music for for girls. Uh, and then I re realized that I kind of like those songs. I want to play them on my own, like for, for myself. And uh, that was a good, it's just, just a tip, you know, that was a good yeah. way to, good way to uh, lose a few of those barriers that you put up for yourself for some reason. Interesting. I mean, were you writing for other people or you were just, you were saying that to yourself? I was saying that to myself. Right. Uh, I had I had one session actually because uh, I'd written one song uh, for someone that like I thought she would be great to sing that song. Cool, and, uh, cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm super selfish, so now I just took it back. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. Well, that's interesting, yeah. Because I was actually my final question was going to be if you got a piece of advice, but I think you just dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, 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 that was just something that I realized that it, it, it's it freed you up somehow yeah and you can you can you, you could do anything like in terms of sound and it would and you there's nothing oh it sounds so cheesy but it, no, no. there's nothing that or I think to us like if you, if you know when you write something and, and you'd be like oh that's that's horrible just that's just yeah, cheesy. Yeah, yeah. and to other people might not sound that different or it might totally. just be refreshing and um as soon as you, if you write it and you play it live and it feels good then then that's a good way to explore something i mean david bowie is just my main inspiration when it comes i was to that. just yeah i was just about to um I, I feel like i've got two or three little mantras that i say to myself when i'm working or when i'm in the studio with casper and one of them is a bowie quote where he just says, you've got to be a little bit embarrassed. And yeah, I feel like yeah, I, and I feel like I constantly say that to myself. If I hit a moment where I'm like, Oh, that's what are we doing there? Like, and then I'm like, yeah, no, put yourself on the plank, man. Walk the plank. Yeah, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it definitely helps sort of just drop, like you say, like drop the, uh, drop the guard, drop the barriers. Yeah. The other really, one is, I, I don't know where that. I got this one is just that everything's cool. <laughs> no no yeah. more of that 20 year old bullshit where it's like you're not allowed to listen to them they suck or right. you have to listen to them you know it's just like i can't i don't know you you hit 30 or maybe you become a dad and all that shit just yeah and i i i to me it was a big uh revelation or something that i that uh because your references are are still with you anyway like all the stuff that you like are still there so that they're gonna color whatever uh instrument you you, you write the song on or whatever uh, artist you're influenced by by then like i was super influenced by um uh, billy eilish and dua lipa you know right for those those songs which yeah, is cool hilarious because yeah yeah it's, a, it's a, like quite different to bob dylan but I mean, yeah, super. Like New yeah. Morning, Bob Dylan. That's what I was listening to, listening to when I wrote the Roof Came Down album. And mm. but it was just super refreshing to like, what would what would happen if I tried to write a song, uh, for for um, Billie Eilish? Yeah, yeah, you know, and that, and it was just refreshing because I I felt like it was I I was drained. Like there was nothing yeah. more I, could I know. Right. So I just started thinking, should I be? 
should I maybe become like a male nurse or something? Uh, but then I realized I'm super scared of responsibility and I'd probably wind up killing somebody or something. So, so I'm glad you stuck to songwriting then, dude. But I totally, yeah. sometimes I'm like, is it Jim Jarmusch? Yeah, it's Jim Jarmusch. Um, Patterson with um, Adam Driver. He's just a bus driver and he's just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. He's just a bus driver and he writes poetry. My sister's, yeah. Even my wife, like everyone hates this fucking movie. And for some reason, it's love it to me. And I was like, yeah, I loved it too. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go drive a bus. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, nah, I can't fucking do it. Like, I just got it. I got to stick to my guns here. Um, right. What's something that you've seen lately that sort of really got under your skin? Something new. Are you, are you like a genre guy? Like, do you do, do you do horror? Like, or do you have a style? I, yeah, my favorite types of movies is i don't like when it goes back and forth in time you know uh i don't like big i like plain uh plain plots okay so Uh, nolan isn't gonna work for you then (laughs) well i saw tenet uh in the cinema and i in the beginning i was like yeah i'm i I understand this i'm 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 smart you know i i I knew i was smart and (laughs) Then I just lost it, and you're not alone on that one, man. And I mean that the also the something went went wrong with the screening, so it was like a double screening kind of thing oh, in, in the big war scene there. So I didn't understand anything. <laughs> uh, but I, I I I love the Batman movies. With yeah, Moore. me too. Uh, uh, Interstellar I don't for like me. Sci-fi. Is... I hate sci-fi. I think okay, I'll just say Interstellar sort of actually blew my fucking mind. Um, that's like his masterpiece, if you ask me. But yeah, but Western, Western. Like to me, I I can't wait until there finally comes like a proper um, Native Americans, mm. um, cowboys kind of proper. You know, um, what's it called? What about the Revenant? Did you see that? Yeah, I was. I thought like when I read about it, I was like, "That's perfect." Finally, yeah, yeah, yeah. finally, this super plain plot. He's he's coming back for revenge. That's perfect. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a bit too uh, pretentious. Okay, interesting. You know, with the with the whispering and stuff, and if when it ends and he looked into the camera, that was. Just, uh, <laughs> I forgot uh, yeah. about that. There was definitely something the sort of gladiator where he was like doing flashbacks about his wife and kid where I was that I didn't buy yeah. that, but no. all of the scenes of him in the wild and like just surviving for me, like it just kind of grabbed me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I was a bit, uh, let down by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Respect. Um, but yeah, good call. It's probably been a while actually for, for, for a Western, maybe, um, you know, sign of the times the, a little oh, bit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean the, the, um, the Sisters Brothers, is that what it's called? Mm, yeah, I've heard With, the title. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and oh, what's it called? John yes. O'Reilly? John, yeah, John yeah. I haven't uh, seen it. That was really good. That okay, was cool. super good. Uh, and I like, I'm not, not that I'm a big fan of that movie, but in terms of like setting, uh, uh, you know, Castaway, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, right. like when, I like when it's that simple. I like when it's like yeah. a super simple plot. Uh, yeah, cool. And, and 
and just the acting is just or the script is just that's fun i've never actually seen it but i've seen so many things of like you know where tom's like screaming at wilson and shit like yeah, that. yeah <laughs> i mean it, i'm not i'm it's important for me to say that castaway is not it's not but it's I'm a good example of a simple plot yeah I feel yeah I, I i've always liked that um and i'm but i saw um the square oh yeah which is kind of a different kind of thing but that was maybe one of the best in terms of dialogue i mean he's wild he's totally wild how they how they how they did they write that dialogue or i guess so i mean he now his name has escaped me but he's um he's the real deal like he's he's got extremely original ideas like the one before that force mayor like that thing just blew me away and that was um based in norway i think yeah, yeah, the Norwegian I, avalanche. I actually, I think, I think there's a lot of Norwegians, including myself, that doesn't like it that much. Yeah, right. I guess it's uh, maybe too close to home. Sometimes when it's you know, yeah. in your language, in your in your country, it can yeah. feel a little. You yeah, you just automatically have a different relation to relationship yeah. to it. I've I've realized that because there's a lot of Danish stuff that I think is great, and then I talk to Morty, you know, it's like that shit. <laughs> Shit. i know it's the same with aussie stuff sometimes but um yeah yeah for, yeah, for me force it was more of a complete film versus the square where it felt like it was just him sort of bunching a lot of crazy scenes together at times but they were all sick yeah, like they all stood away. alone was, so well i was just blown away by the uh, dialogue because it was so believable was right just, right so, uh, super cool man i think it's a it's a a fine choice. The square was definitely one that stood out in a few in recent years. I haven't thought about it in a while. I think it didn't might have even won the Palm d'Or at Khan. I think it did. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad we could jam a little bit on movies. I've just got a couple questions left for you. I remember this. This is just a throwback to music. Uh, very quickly. I this is a really funny memory for me. Uh, you and I met. This is when we first met, probably six or seven years ago now. Um, yeah. And we went to see Tame Impala in Copenhagen. Yeah. And you, I'm sure you don't recall this at all, but you know, those funny little moments that for some reason stay with you personally. Um, yeah. I remember we were doing this, <laughs> our friend Morty, he was doing like a, a quiz on, yeah. because we were at a pub and he was, I don't know, that's just what our friend Morty does. He does things like yeah. this to like bring people together and all that. Yeah. Shit. God bless him. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> one of the things that came out of it was, I can't remember what the, I think it was like, how many vocal takes did Kevin Parker do on this song? And then it turned out it was like over a thousand takes. And I hadn't really, I don't even know if you, maybe we'd just been introduced. And I remember you just said, if that's true, that guy's an asshole. And and you were like, like, I'm offended by that. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, me too. Like this guy's really cool. I like this Eunice guy. You're going to drown it with effects anyway. Exactly. Like the first take was probably good You're a good good singer. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's quite funny. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember remember that. Uh, I remember the show. I was a bit let down by the show, but I think that was more. After um, what Morty had said. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't such a big, big fan, but I, I recently listened to that album, um, Current. the whole album, while I, while I was driving, and mm. uh, it's a great album. Yeah, it's it like, is. There's some great songs on there, and it was yeah. a little bit of a game changer for the indie world, for for Absolutely. better or worse. You know, I mean, he definitely 
he he put his footprint you know on the scene yep. on the music scene at that point so you know hats off I'm, I'm i'm not necessarily such a big fan of the nah. sound you know in terms of songwriting it's just amazing yeah and he's got all the pop hooks under there as well and great melodies so you can't really yep. fault him there um well that's funny i'm glad you um remember that moment yeah, i remember um, that <laughs> now that you're a dad how do you and your wife is a musician as well isn't she so you're both yeah. which is fascinating to me um yeah. how do you get that balance right of like being an artist and being a family guy it hasn't it hasn't been a, an issue um so far um I mean, um, like I really wanted to be a dad uh, for quite a long time. Like, um, so actually, for me, becoming a dad was just um, amazing, and it was just yeah. like, something I was something I wanted, really wanted. And I, like, I wanted a family, and I, and I um, I'm, I'm, I'm less and less ambitious, and more and more. Uh, interested in 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 like a everyday normal routine life yeah yeah um, which comes with growing I older to, i guess as well yeah i know and but i've i've got an issue with the songwriting because i i'm i'm a super i'm a lazy guy i'm super tired all the time uh, and i'm usually usually at from like nine or ten in the evening that's when i feel like i'm 100% awake. I'm exactly uh, the same. Now, like, yeah. 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 And, and that's when the creative thoughts come and I start buzzing and yeah, but, yeah. but most of the time I'm like, especially in these months, like the winter months, I'm, I'm sort of just, you know, in cruise control during the days where I'm like, maybe not super inspired. And, yeah. um, but then yeah, come 9 PM, I'm like, Whoa, ideas start. Yeah, and I get all I'm ramped on. up and I'm like, fuck, I got to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and everybody else has gone to bed, and I have to be quiet. Yeah. So that that's actually to me now is starting to become like a bit of an issue because I I can't do anything creative. So I'll I'll drive my kid to kindergarten, drop him off there, and then I'll go back home. And it's freezing these days, so I'm just sitting at home uh, with a watching movies, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's become a bit of an issue, but uh... <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm I'm doing this, you know, I'm I'm making a podcast. Um, I would yeah, probably usually be watching movies or yeah. you know, yeah, hanging with my girls, yeah. trying to write songs, or just staring at my guitar, and then the guitar's just looking back at me, sort of going like, "Come on, motherfucker!" Yeah, I've got like a, I, I feel a bit bad, like just staying on the couch, and I'm like, ugh. And I got friends who like who go to the studio, and and work, you know, and uh, but I, yep. I can't. Uh, and this is embarrassing. But now I'm actually watching. I'm trying to watch all the Harry Potter movies. Nice. Because I've never seen them, and I've I never liked them really. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I still don't like them. But uh, I'm. But you're I'm, gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna start number four now because I'm just gonna watch them so that I've watched them. Yeah. But uh, I know the feeling. You need to tick it off. It's like this itch. Yeah. I but haven't not, either. I've only seen tattooed. the I've only seen the first one, which I loved, but I haven't yeah. seen. I don't think I've seen any others. 
but I recently <laughs> redid the whole of the Lord of the Rings, which is, you know, it's like <laughs> over nine hours. Um, I had a ball and it was really like m- moving. And yeah. um, I mean, obviously it is, you know, hammy if you look at it in certain ways but generally i think they just peter jackson and the whole crew like just fucking nailed it on that thing because now it's all of a sudden it's 20 years old so you're like holy shit and you know that scene in in uh in moria when the when uh when the staircase drops you remember that i like i I saw that in the in the cinema like when i was 12 or something and i remember that that's insane. How did how did they do that? Like it looks so real. It's the month ago. Like that's super tacky. Just oh, yeah, so- yeah, it looks like shit. Yeah. I know. Like a lot of it does. You know, you're like, yeah. oh man, imagine what they could do now. Like, um, yeah. But I mean, the the story, like the books, yeah, like, the story is so good. And um, I remember when the trailer first came out when when i was in high school and i remember think and and the black riders were in the trailer and i was like that's yeah. exactly how i pictured it like in the books when i was a kid you yeah. know i was yeah. like this this vibe man they've they've got it right you know and i yeah. remember just being drawn to it straight away yeah yeah i love it but none of my friends love it so i have uh you know uh, <laughs> there's something we've like got in cat common stevens. i love cat stevens and none of my friends love cat stevens that's two of my like Loan from stuff that I, have <laughs> I haven't really um yeah i haven't i'm guilty of not delving too deep into cat but who knows i just i grew up with, i grew up with that I mean, yeah, that's yeah. why i like you know and it's in in a bunch in a, no in one skateboard movie um uh, fulfill the dream by shorties there's a cat steven songs and it just Dope. yeah i mean everything's cool man remember the rule everything's cool <laughs> we can touch on one thing that i an observation um, from yesterday, because you know the day we're recording this, I think now we're two days after the Trump supporters stormed the Capitol, and you know there's a weird vibe in yeah. the world, and you know shit's going going a bit pear shaped. Um, <clears throat> but I saw that <laughs> two indie artists, like that was kind of the hot headline yesterday, was that within our world, the music world, was two indie artists, Ariel Pink and John Mouse were part of the mob i don't know if you've seen this head headline but that's that can't be true okay so have you read that it isn't true or no 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 i haven't heard it but i mean they were there man like they've they've tweeted like it's all over it's everywhere it's like all over twitter who were there so ariel pink and john mouse got a hotel room and went to support the president and then he's come out and tweeted you know like i went to support our president blah 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 like ariel pink's fucking nuts um but what really made me laugh was like on the feed on the twitter feed anton newcomb from brian jonestown who's just like oh, yeah. the other the other like junky indie guy yeah. <laughs> it's like he just tunes in and like comments like fuck them both to hell and that's like <laughs> for some reason that just killed me because i was like how did anton even you know where did he come from like yeah. All the old washed up junkie dudes, like no one even knows how fucking old Ariel Pink is. He could be like 80 for all we know. Yeah, I didn't know he could post the comment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Now there's just, you know, memes going nuts about burn your Ariel Pink and John Mouse records. Oh, yeah. and, um, I mean, I can just, I was, I couldn't believe what I saw. Like, like everybody else, it was just uh, so out of the, like, so far from anything we'd ever seen and it's it's ironic like because it 
it looked like images from the Middle East, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, and, which, and they're supposed to be like the counterpoint to that. Right, know? right. It's just, uh, uh, interesting to see that we're all, we're all the same and, and that it kind of goes in, you know, the, the fourth turning kind of theory that the, it's inevitable. Like, right. Would you say pressure boiler? Do you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That it, it, it has to, it has to happen. Yeah, it boils over at some point. And I think one of the things that's going around right now is that that escalated steadily for four years. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And that's so true. Like we've been, you know, this dude, this pig-headed piece of shit, Trump, has been running the show and it's just been gradually yeah. boiling over and you know yeah. and, and now it's just really starting to spill over. and i mean the th- there are there are proper republicans in the senate yeah th- that are uh what do you say q uh, q anons mm. like that 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 believe in that uh insane conspiracy theory you know like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a crazy country it's such uh yeah, it's just mind blowing. But I, I didn't really think that we were going to see that. And no, I there's a lot of good that's going to come out of that in terms of, you know, with the Black Lives Matter. Uh, I hope uh, you're right, man. Because yeah, um, I mean, Trump, Trump has to be fucked. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the nail in the coffin for him, and the Republican Party has to straighten things out now. Because um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it. There has to there has to come something good out of that. Yeah, I hope you're right. Right now, I'm super grateful that we're not there, and yeah. we can we can just talk about movies, man. So it's yeah, been I it's mean, been a total yeah. joy to have you. Thanks for doing this and and coming to hang out with me. It was super cool, and hopefully, it's not for the last time. Hopefully not. Uh, let's. Uh, I've got a bunch of more movies we can talk about. Sick, man. <laughs> One day yeah. when this pen.